What's up, my friends? Welcome to Good Human, a podcast for all the multifaceted humans trying to navigate this crazy world. I don't know about you, but the internet has kind of made me feel like I need to define my whole life purpose and confine my personality to some palatable niche. So I'm here to remind you, and myself, that being a human is way more than the perfect Instagram photo or internet persona. It's being messy and loud one day and soft and sensitive the next. It's being intelligent and mature and also silly and wild. It's crying during a cute rom-com, belly laughing with your friends, and having a meltdown because you burned the banana bread you were trying to make all in one night. So whether you want to create a morning routine, decide if you want to be a parent, try a new pasta recipe, get out of a funk, or just have a little gossip about pop culture, we'll talk about it all. Because sometimes you want to ponder the meaning of life, and other times you just want to giggle about internet memes. Whatever it is you're tuning in for, let this podcast serve as a refreshing reminder that you don't have to know exactly who you are in this world. Just know that you are, without a doubt, a good human. Before we dive into today's episode, I did want to just give a little heads up. There are brief mentions of sexual abuse and assault around the 17-minute mark, so if you want to skip over that a few seconds, please feel free. Without further ado, let's jump in. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode. Today, I am over the moon excited for a special guest, and I teased this special guest on Instagram, and a lot of people messaged me saying how excited they were for the special guest as well. So I am beyond excited to have with us today, Heidi from Welcome to Heidi on TikTok. If you don't know who Heidi is, Heidi makes videos on TikTok where she shares her cool outfits and even cooler life stories, and I've just been completely obsessed. So I'm honored to have you on the podcast for today. So with that, welcome Heidi to Good Human. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled anybody's listening to anything I say at any point in my life. So thanks for having me. I found you on TikTok, I think in December. And just for background, towards the end of last year, I was not in a great place, just feeling generally awful about myself. And um, social media definitely wasn't helping that. But unfortunately, I am borderline addicted to my phone and to social media. So that couldn't go away. So I at least told myself that I was going to start following more people that actually made me feel good and actually inspired me. And that's when I came across your page. And since then, you have genuinely been such a source of joy and inspiration for me. Makes me so happy. (laughs) I'm definitely not the only one because you have amassed quite the following on TikTok, which is incredible. So congratulations on that. Thank you. I could literally like burst into tears at any time (laughs) from... Because of TikTok, it really has been an incredibly special audience as someone who has literally been screaming from the rooftops for years to have people listen to me about the things Mm -hmm. that I care about or things about women. And, you know, it upsets me so much when I hear young people your age talk about how depressed they are or how anxiety filled they are. I literally was just living life when I was your age. I wasn't thinking about anything that dramatic, you know what I mean? And I feel Mm -hmm. like social media, maybe that is the problem for a lot of people is, you know, they're looking at six seconds of someone's life and thinking that they have it so much better. But, you know, at 62, I'm here to tell you nobody's life is perfect. 
nobody's life is perfect. Maybe Jesus, but he didn't come back. It was perfect. But TikTok really is such an interesting place. And I literally feel like I'm in my underpants every day, which is bizarre because I have such severe body dysmorphia. I won't even go out in a bathing suit for the most part. Yet I'm in front of seemingly now hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people in my underwear every day. Yeah. Talking about all these stories that I've been telling for years that I've put in scripts that nobody gave a shit about. And mm-hmm. now beautiful young 20-somethings are following me. And, you know, I've been pitching to executives for years stories about women over 50 because that's the age I care about, even though I'm already past it. I've been pitching it so long. And they always say that they really uh, want younger characters in my stories because they don't think young people care about women my age. And I think Mm -hmm. they should look at my TikTok analytics because nobody in my analytics is over 35. Like, right. Quite the opposite. Because to me, seeing someone over the age of anything beyond my years, 30, 40, 50, 60, is so incredibly inspiring for me because I don't think I ever really envision what life would be like. I, I just, I didn't think about it. So to see someone putting their life out there and getting to hear your life stories, it is so interesting and inspiring. And I think you're gorgeous and oh, fabulous. God, thank you so much. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I have just been me for my 62 years. And I realized recently very recently that my life is not traditional and people have problems with it and they don't understand it. And to pitch a main character who is that doesn't work for them. And TikTok is literally the first place in my life that I have felt understood and validated. And it's by 20 somethings and 30 somethings. And I feel like women aren't, we've been sold a lie. You have to get married. You have, you know, we don't have to do all of those things. And why does the main character always have to end up with the man? Like I love sex in the city. I thought Carrie was going to go it alone, you know, Mm -hmm. and the fact that now they're putting her back together with Aiden, who I love. Okay, fine. But couldn't we have one female character who just, didn't end up with someone. Does that mean my life is less than yours? Like it's so annoying and frustrated. And I feel like for the first time I've been screaming from the rooftops about this for years. And finally this generation is like, oh, we don't have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so weird to hear that, you know, people in your industry don't think that's what people want to see because Clearly, that's exactly what people want to see. No, I mean, people are hate-watching the Sex and the City reboot, literally hate-watching it because it's so not anything that they can relate to because most of us actually have Black friends. I don't know what that was about. And so it's frustrating. It's frustrating for me to watch four characters that had nothing to do with any lifestyle. And every time I've pitched a show, it's never enough to be a show about women just living their lives at that age. They have to be doing something. She has to be a detective who found a dead body. She has to be a vet who's a murderer by night. Like just Mm -hmm. live her life when there are hundreds of shows about men just living their lives, you know? And that's where I think we're, we're missing. And, And that's what I pitch. And I find 
those lives to be interesting. I find, you know, something about this country, the minute a woman turns 50, she's no longer considered important because she's no longer considered sexually appealing. And in Mm -hmm. this country, we're all, we only matter what our sexual value is. That's all Mm -hmm. that matters to anybody. We don't have jobs or lives or people that care about us. It's just what, who are we fucking? When are we fucking? How much are we fucking? And if we're not, then we're not worthy. And it's a real like moment that hits you when you turn 50, like, oh shit, I do not matter to anybody anymore. There's an incredible skit that Amy Schumer show did where Julia Louis-Dreyfus walks into the woods and she's surrounded by this table full of all these other actresses at 50. And they're like, oh my God, congratulations. You just became unfuckable today. You're 50. (laughs) But it's true. And whether it's yeah. true or not that I, I'm unfuckable or not, like, is that all I am? Is that all that I've amassed in life is my sexuality and what it means? I mean, and so I just, I care about that age because I know that it's hard. 60, by the time you hit 60, like, I don't care anymore. I don't care what you think about me. I don't care what you have to say about me. Clearly from my TikTok, I will tell you any stupid things that I've done in my life, maybe it'll help somebody or maybe they'll just laugh, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. It's a very frustrating time in a woman's life. And I I think there should be more shows about it. You know, anytime there has been a show about women just living their lives, it's been a hit designing women, um, golden girls, sex in the city, girls. Anytime there's been a show about just women, hot in Cleveland, just living, it's been a hit. Mm -hmm. Getting made is impossible. So you mentioned you're a writer. I would love to hear more about how you became a writer and I guess more about your life and how how you've gotten to where you are and just a little bit more about who Heidi is. So I started, uh, I grew up in Staten Island. I was born to English parents. I went to Emerson College and I studied television. I wanted to, I always wanted to be a writer, but I didn't know how that actually occurred. Um, and so I went to school. I immediately got a job at the Arts and Entertainment Network, A&E, which I launched. And I ran their marketing department for a while. And then I went to tabloid television, a place called A Current Affair, which was a huge tabloid, sort of changed the way we watched the news, that show. Uh, it was the beginning of Rupert Murdoch. And I worked with all those crazy people, Rupert Murdoch's mafia and Roger Ailes. And during that whole crazy time that they made a movie about um, the women anchors and how they were abused. I was at A Current Affair, which was Fox at the time. Anyway, I digress. Um, I ended up taking a job out in LA for a new show that was starting called Access Hollywood. And I moved out here and then I went to Extra and then I went to Entertainment Tonight and I ran Entertainment Tonight for a bunch of years. But the whole time I was writing on the side and trying to sell things. And eventually, at one point, while I was at Entertainment Tonight, I sold my first script with a partner. And we piloted it. It was with Nick Lachey and another actress. And the night before the upfronts, which was when they decide if they're going to take your show or not for the year, uh, they decided not to, which was very sad. And Mm -hmm. thankfully, I didn't quit my job at Entertainment Tonight. And then I went on to write two more shows. They didn't go. I stayed at E.T., that blew up in a blaze of glory. Um, that job was just not great things happen. And um, my friend who I had partnered with said, oh, I just sold a show to 
uh, free form. It's called baby daddy. Do you want to work on it? And I went and worked on that. And I worked on that for six seasons. Um, we did a hundred episodes and then that job ended and I started pitching shows about women in their fifties and the pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. And so now I work as a producer on a local, uh, news program that is, um, it's a lifestyle magazine show about the hot spots, hidden gems and local flavor of Los Angeles. And I find it super annoying, but it is paying some of my bill. <laughs> I wrote a book, uh, which I just sort of took some bad words out of and put back on the shelves. And I am currently just reworking some stuff and hoping to, to start pitching again or hoping that TikTok brings more eyeballs to what I already have. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, I think what you're doing on TikTok is absolutely incredible and really resonates with me. Because I feel like one of my core life missions for myself is to maintain who I am for the rest of my life. Because I was even taught growing up that, you know, you get to be fun and weird and loud as a young person. And then something happens at some age and you no longer get to be those things. You have to become this, like, boring adult shell of the youthful person you once were. And I am so determined to not allow that to happen to me. So to see someone like you as someone is what I envision myself to be like when I get to be 62 is so exciting for me. And I haven't felt that before because to your point, there's not enough representation of women that age that are just living their life and being them and that being enough, you know? Yeah, and you're having kids or, which is fine. I just didn't, you know, or they're in a relationship. I just, they didn't work for me. I didn't not want them to, probably because I was so hellbent on staying me. I liked mm -hmm. me. I like being me. They say that it's better, like, not to love yourself, but to love who, who you are and who you've become. And I do. Like, it hasn't been easy getting here. And I just don't think that we should, we should beat the fun out of people. <laughs> right. I'm not sure why we're here, but I don't think it's to be all serious and have a shitty life. Definitely not. So then I guess my question for you is, how have you been able to either find or maintain that authenticity through your life, especially with a world that judges people, especially women, so harshly? I think when it comes to work and um, dealing with people in a work environment, and maintaining who I am. I am very confident in a workspace. Um, and I think confidence in general, in life, I think confidence is why I dress the way I dress because I know people my age would probably never wear some of the stuff that I wear. But I mean, I have stuff I've put on where I'm like, oh yeah, I'm too old for that. It's just a confidence. It's how I feel in it. It's all about confidence. And I think you really have to be confident about who you are and be okay with who you are and be okay with people not necessarily liking it um, and being different uh, and not always being understood. I mean, it definitely made me a lot angrier on my way to getting here because I felt like I was always misunderstood and never being heard. Like you mm. may not be as heard if you're the single unmarried, unchild carrying person in the room. It just sometimes is like that, you know? And I think I just, I never, I'll say this about my parents. My parents, as crazy as they were and lack of nurturing British maniacs that they were, 
they never raised me to think that I was any different because I was a girl, mm-hmm. not once ever. And I think that's the core of my belief is just why would I have anything different than anybody else has? White boys are raised in this country to believe they could have whatever they want. Girls aren't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know we're still privileged, but we're not raised that way. And at least that we weren't when I was growing up. And I just think knowing that in the back of my head that I never had any doubt that I could just be whatever I want and do whatever I want. My parents don't understand me at all. They're still alive and dealing with their 62-year-old pot-smoking daughter in her <laughs> underpants on TikTok. And they think it's great. That was the one thing that they did right was that they they – sort of raised me to love me without any understanding. Mm -hmm. And that made it okay for me to just be who I am. I don't really know. I don't know where that confidence comes from, to be honest with you. It's just all I, it's all I know. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't know how to not be me. I don't know how to not tell you the truth. I don't know how to hide it. That's for sure. I was working with a client today They came to my house and it was for like a local uh, appliance company and we were shooting in my house and they said, I don't know that we should shoot in your house. It looks too fancy. And I left because nothing in here is fancy. And I said, well, nothing in here is expensive. I just happen to have really good taste. How did that even come out of my mouth? (laughs) So it just happens. I don't, I think it's confidence. I think you just have to be okay with who you are and be nicer to yourself with who you are. Like all of these things that we believe we're supposed to be, were put in there by somebody else. Yeah. Like super skin. I have body dysmorphia. It's not my fault. It's your fault who ran the magazines and showed me skinny supermodels and told me all the things that I need to be. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm not married. I'm a failure. I don't believe that, but it's your society told me that I am that because you know what I mean? It's all the messaging is all wrong. And so you just have to be confident in knowing that like, this is your life. This life was given to you. As a matter of fact, I believe that you chose this life, that your soul Mm -hmm. chose to come into the body that you're in because of certain lessons that you needed to learn. I guess mine needed to learn to deal with being an alcoholic. I was molested when I was a kid. I was raped when I was in my 30s and blackout drunk. I've had some stuff go down in my life, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to let that be my story. Mm -hmm. My story is, is... what I'm creating overall in my life. It's not these things. I I think that you have to look at things that happen to you and say, okay, that's part of my story, but that's not who I am. Who do I want to be? What kind of a life do I want to live? What, what do I, when I'm on my deathbed, am I going to be upset that I didn't eat that brownie? I don't think so. Eat the fucking brownie. Mm -hmm. So I just, it's really just about all of the things we never teach people date yourself love yourself, be with yourself, spend time with yourself. I think that's why I'm so good at being alone. I've done a lot of it. Sorry, I didn't mean to just drop the like molestation rape bomb in the middle of that either. But No worries. No worries. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's what I appreciate about you and your content because again, it's real. Like you're a real person sharing real things about your life and they're things that other people can relate to and they're things that resonate with people so deeply. And that to me, like that kind of human connection is one of the most important things in life. And, you know, now we have this amazing opportunity to get to hear from people all over the world and all over the place through social media. So I think it's fantastic. 
definitely a good side of social media for sure. I just think you have to, it's really smart what you were saying about um, following people and, and choosing who you follow. And I think that there's a podcaster uh, and sort of uh, she's known as like um, a manifestation guru. Her name's Lacey Phillips. And she talks about expanders and how it's important to have expanders in your life. People that are living the life that you want so that you could be around them to soak up their, you know, to raise yourself to their level. But the minute you start feeling jealous of someone's life, you should unfollow them immediately. Yeah. I mean, I used to have terrible, terrible, terrible FOMO when I was your age. And now I have nothing but JOMO. Nothing good happens after midnight. But also, like, I that's such a hard part of being young, you know, not going out and seeing people going out and, you know, all these girls watching Alex Earl and, Mm -hmm. you know, partying every single night. It's like, okay, that's her life. But you can have a different life that's just as good that may not be TikTok worthy or Instagram worthy, but it's life worthy, you know, stop. I wish that people would live their lives and take their lives back from whoever it is they've handed them to. It's the same message I have for Just Get Dressed, which, you know, was born in the pandemic. Like that's how this all started for me was just doing this Just Get Dressed because I would put outfits together and everybody Mm -hmm. was in sweatpants. And I said, if you just get up and put some clothes on, even if you go to the couch, you will feel better. Mm-hmm. And then you'll start to feel better about your body. And then you'll start to make changes to your body if that's what you're upset about. It happened to my friend Victoria. She, in, during pandemic, gained a lot of weight and really wanted to start dressing. And so we put her wardrobe together from her closet. And then she started feeling better about her body and started working out. And 60 pounds later, she got herself back. It's not all about weight loss, I know. But um, but yeah, I just, I don't even know what I was talking about. I got lost in my own babbling, which is not unusual. <laughs> and I was just going to ask you anyways, like the origins of Just Get Dressed and, and how that all started. Because to me, you have such a cool sense of personal style. And that's been something that I've been trying to figure out lately for myself. Because since the conception of social media, that's kind of all I know from when I was a teen in my formative years until now, like all I know is seeing what other people are doing. And so I find it really difficult to figure out things like my own personal sense of style. And it's hit me recently that dressing for other people and like following all these trends doesn't make me feel good. Like it makes me feel like shit and not myself. And so I need to figure out what kind of clothes and style make me feel good because That, to me, is such an important form of self-expression. And if I'm dressing for other people or I'm only dressing to, you know, fit in with what's cool, it just doesn't do it for me. So, selfishly, I want advice from you on finding that personal style. Yeah, it's funny. I feel so badly sometimes because they want to know where your stuff came from. And a lot of times my stuff came from Crossroads or Goodwill. I do like, I mean, I am influenced by trendy things too, but I'm doing the exact same thing you're doing. I get up in the morning and I just sort of zip through my laptop. I will look at even like Zara's homepage or I'll look at Pinterest rarely, or I'll just look at anything, like any photos popping up anywhere. 
and I'll see what people are wearing. And I'm like, oh, I could do something like that. And I just make my version of that. But I learn things every day from TikTok and from looking at other people's style things. I'm like, oh, I've never tried that before. What if I did that with this? And I literally only recently figured out what I really like and don't like on me that I'm comfortable in. And it's sort of a cross between streetwear and like super classic stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I have a very eclectic taste. You won't find me in one kind of an outfit. And I think people are trying to figure out like, am I preppy? Am I street? Mm -hmm. Am I be all of it? Wear all of it. Like my house is the same way. It's sort of an eclectic mix of, you know, new, old. And I think you just keep trying things, but I, you should not feel badly if you're inspired by other looks. The trick is to take it and go look in your closet and say, okay, what do I have that I can, and that will lead you to all kinds of other combinations you never thought of. But we all get inspiration from other places. Like I'll walk down the street and see somebody and immediately like send myself a note that says, you know, orange sweater, green pants, plaid jacket. But I mean, I see people putting fits together on TikTok that are like a t-shirt and sneakers and jeans. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. I wish that I could, I, I wish I was better at linking things. I get people really mad because I, I'm just, <laughs> oh yeah. I, I tried the like to link to know it, like to know yeah. it. I just can't figure it out. I just, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough bandwidth right now. I will right. figure it out eventually, but I, I mean, I, I am definitely guided by some trends, but I guarantee you like right now, cargo pants are in style. You go on Poshmark and you Google cargo pants, you go to Goodwill and you will get the same cargo pants Mm -hmm. that are being sold right now. And that's what I do. I'll just be like, Oh, white man tailored shirt under bustier. Cool. And then I'll also mix in some Zara stuff. I'll go online every once in a while or, you know, or I'll just go to crossroads, which is our version of, um, like a goodwill. And I think you can find, it doesn't have to be new. It's better if you can, if you can recycle it, that's even better. God knows we have enough clothes on the planet to last a lifetime. And I don't, I've never bought uh, designer, like Chanel, Prada. I don't own any. I think maybe like Rag and Bone. I have one mm-hmm. Chanel sweater someone gave me. I think I wasted so much money on designer shoes. I was known for my shoe mm-hmm. collection. I wasted tens of thousands of dollars. I can't walk in any of them. And I, and I tried to sell them on Real Real and they just ripped me off. And so I say like, buy used of all of those things for sure. But just buy things that are hopefully not fast fashion, although I fall victim to that too, because I want to dress cool. And sometimes cider has amazing, the hoodie that I wore got 12 million views. So I'm sorry that it's cider, but yeah, you know, so yeah, I think that for me, the rule is to always feel incredibly confident in your outfit. If there's anything you don't like about it, you can't, you won't pull it off. You literally right. will not pull yeah. it off. And that's what fashion is. It's confidence. It's mm-hmm. if I walked outside in a tutu right now, uh, nobody would look twice at me because I'd be like, yeah, let's go. Let's do this. 
whatever you want to wear, just wear it with confidence. I love that. It's all about life, isn't it? Just being confident in who you are and not letting anybody else define you. Yeah, totally. You have all my wheels spinning. I feel like you and I are very similar. And I knew that I loved you from watching you on TikTok, but getting to talk to you now, yeah, I feel like we are extremely, extremely similar. And I love what you said about people wanting to like niche you down and figure out kind of what category of style you fall into and you don't feel like you have a category or niche within that. You just have your style. And I love that so much because that's kind of the whole message behind this podcast in general because through my time on being on social media, I've fell victim to feeling like I need to be a certain way and I need to fall into a certain niche because people, for whatever reason on the internet, love to be able to categorize people into boxes and I never felt like I fit into a box and anytime I tried to put myself into just one box to be able to be more palatable on the internet, I was just left feeling so unhappy. And so the whole point of this podcast is that you don't have to do that. You don't have to be one way. You can be a million different things because that culminates into who you are. And I feel like that's so relevant in fashion with style too. The most important thing you can be in this life is authentic. Be yeah. you and be your best you. Just do your best. I mean, the pressure is too much. It's your life. This is your life. You get to do whatever you want. It doesn't matter what other people think. It really doesn't. And I can tell you from 62, it doesn't matter. No one's even thinking about you. They're all so busy thinking about themselves. And you just, I just think you'll be so sad if you get to the end of your life and you didn't live it for you, if you lived it for everybody else. Now, if living your life for everybody else is truly what makes you happy, great. But I think maybe you're a people pleaser who didn't get nurtured enough as a child because that's what I was. And so I'm done people pleasing. Thank God. I still care very deeply about people and I, I'm here for them on every level I can be for them as long as it's not being here before I'm here for myself. Yeah. I just, I, I just think it's so important for people to, to cut themselves a break and live their life, especially in their twenties. Like just have fun. <laughs> have a good time. Work is fine. Or, you know, I've never had a job that wasn't um, my passion since I was, I mean, really always. It was always my passion to be, I was always some form of writer. And um, this is the first job I've had where it's not my passion. And I'd like to get out of it as soon as possible. Sorry to anybody listening who might work there. Um, but I don't think we were put on this earth to be miserable. I think we were put here to learn and grow and better ourselves so that we don't have to keep coming back so that we can perfect ourselves into good, kind people who understand that not everybody is living the same life or has the ability or the privilege to live the same life. And we should just shut the fuck up and let everybody <laughs> do what they want to do. <laughs> I am absolutely on board with that. So I asked my followers on Instagram when I saw how excited that they were that you were going to be on the podcast. I asked if they had any questions for you. So I want to run through a couple of their questions. Okay. We'll start off with a lighthearted one. It might be easy or it actually might be hard depending. What is your favorite clothing or accessory item that you own? I literally just bought it. It's my absolute favorite clothing item because I, okay, let me just say. 
I would be so happy if a new outfit showed up in my closet every day and there was literally nothing else in it, just mm -hmm. empty. But when I opened it, the exact thing I wanted to wear appeared and then went away. I'd be fine with that. I used to hate repeating outfits. I was an idiot because that's just <laughs> disgusting. You have to repeat things. So I say that because whatever's right in front of my face is my new favorite, is my new most treasured item. And it's currently this faux fur jacket that I just bought from Revolve. And I just think it's the sickest thing I've ever. I wore it today in my jacket yeah. dress. Yes, I saw it. I love I it. Love that coat. I want to marry it. I want to be <laughs> buried in it. Hopefully I'll still have it when I'm 103 because that's how long I live, going to live. Mm -hmm. Other than that, like an old, like favorite item. It's, it's, uh, it's not like my artwork. You know, it's, it's, it's wearable art clothing for sure. That's how I think of it. But I don't really have something I, I would die if I didn't have. There's always something I can find that I'll like more. Yeah. Well, it's the Revolve coat for now then. Right now, the Revolve jacket. Ooh, coat. Yes, you're correct. Coat. All right. Next question, which we kind of touched on a little bit. Someone asked, how do you stop playing the comparison game as a stylish woman who is older than what the industry deems valuable? Hmm. I mean, I say, I say comparison is the death of joy all the time. I didn't come up with that. Um, I got, if I knew how to do that, I'd stop doing it. It is, I have conversations, the, the way that that works for me is that I out loud correct myself now. The minute I see myself going, fuck, I wish I had that. Heidi, you're an idiot. You have a roof over your head. You had three meals today. You, you Shut up. You don't need that. Mm -hmm. Like I just literally chastise myself and I'm constantly reminding myself how blessed I am, how fortunate I am, how lucky I am that I literally just woke up breathing again today. Like everything yeah. after that is just gravy in my life, you know? And so I literally just try to remind myself of that. And then I try to remember that what I'm looking at is three seconds of 24 hours. And I'm sure that person, the rest of their 24 hours was garbage. Right. <laughs> you never know. You just don't know. I, it's really interesting. I say that's a, the difference to me with TikTok and Instagram. Instagram is live your life like a big lie. Don't have any feelings. Don't show your feelings. And TikTok is, I'm feeling things. And I like that better because I've totally. always been that way. I don't want to have a conversation with you about your shoes. I want to have a conversation with you about your brain and what yeah. you're thinking and feeling and, and your life. I want to have good, deep conversations with people. If I'm not, I'm not going out. Mm -hmm. I've literally said the same thing about Instagram and TikTok, where Instagram is kind of like that surface level friend that you know, just tells you what you want to hear and doesn't really get into stuff with you. And TikTok is the friend that keeps it real with you. Like, you know, oh, don't do that. Like, they have your best interest at heart. You can cry on TikTok, you know? I haven't yet, but I plan on it. You know, we live in a, a, a society that tells people not to cry. And I didn't cry for 60 years of my life, but I, I cried my eyes out later in life. And it's been really helpful. You know, it's important to cry. And I think the trick is telling people who say don't cry to not say that, which is what I do now yeah. if I cry about something. Sometimes I'm crying because I'm happy. But to stifle emotion is not smart. And we're always telling, like, whenever, I, I hate when I cry. Someone's like, oh, God, don't cry. Like, 
shut the fuck up. I want to cry. This feels good. I'm getting rid of it. You hold, you want to hold on to your emotions, knock yourself out, but I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm not paying for therapy. So I would like to cry. I am paying for therapy and I like to cry. We'll jump into the next question. Do you have any advice on how to weed out the seasonal friends from the ones that are lifelong? And what qualities do you look for in a friend? Non-judgmental is my favorite quality to have as a friend. And lately, I've actually been telling friends this. If I'm talking to you and telling you a story, I'm not asking you to solve it for me. I'm just Mm -hmm. asking for you to listen and agree with me. You're you're not my therapist, so I don't need you to solve it. And so Mm -hmm. when you start giving me feedback on what I haven't asked you for, that's not helpful for me. I'm a huge fan of, of friends who are just supportive and, and there. I believe that you should uh, tell your friends that you love them and make it really fucking weird. Just be weird about it. Like be honest and open and tell them as best that you can, you know, how you're feeling and what works for you and do- what doesn't work for you. And if they don't stick around, then they're not your good friends. I think it's really important to have people that you can really talk to that aren't, that aren't going to judge you in that way. And, um, as far as weeding people out, I am usually the person that reaches out and makes the plans. And so I just stop reaching out. And if I don't hear Mm -hmm. from them, then that's their loss. I have a really good meter for reading people and I can tell if they are bullshitting me. That didn't work so well when I first moved to LA because people are such good liars here. Mm. I mean, my God, people will say anything to you out here to if they think that you might have something for them. <laughs> but you know, like I, I think we have really good guts. I, I think we were born with a really good system and we don't listen to it enough. We don't trust ourselves enough and we don't listen to ourselves enough. And I, I honestly think you really just have to, you know, people are like, you're crazy. That's crazy. But listen to yourself, you know? And are you getting anything out of a friendship? Like, what mm-hmm. are you getting out of this friendship? If you're not, then dump it. And don't be afraid to cut and run. Like, why hang on to friendships that are just bad for you? You know, like... I said the other day, my favorite Glennon Doyle quote is, uh, our job in this life is to disappoint as many people as possible to avoid disappointing ourselves. That is mm-hmm. so hard for people to do. I find it really easy. I'm like, nope. Why would I be nicer to you? Are you living my life? Why would I do something against my own self? I don't mean if you want to stay home and watch the football game and your friend is sick and needs soup, you shouldn't get it <laughs> I'm talking a little bit grander than that, yeah. but, but I think it's, I think it's important to learn the word no and go from there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm a big no person. That's one area that I don't struggle in. Good. Um, many areas that I do struggle in. And I'm currently reading Untamed by Glenn oh, Doyle. Oh, such a good um, book. Look, when I was in my 30s, there was a lot of times, and even 40s when I got sober, there were a lot of times where I was like, I should be out having fun. I should be doing things. What a loser. I can't believe I'm not out. But if I thought about it, I could have gone out with a million people on any one of those nights, but I didn't. So why? Because I didn't want to at my core. And who said that was the sign of a great life? You know? Yeah. I think so much of that too, like the inability to 
put yourself first in situations is so deeply tied to the expectations of what being a woman is. Especially, you know, like the motherly instincts of a woman and you're told that you have to become this selfless version of yourself to be a good woman, a good mother, a good wife, and it's just bullshit. And it's also based on a lot of what you went through as a child. Like, how did your parents raise you? Mine were not nurturing. And so I was always looking for validation from people my whole life. I didn't realize it until I figured it out and then I stopped looking for validation. But I, I advise people to, to um, I mean, I think meditation is amazing. And even if you close your eyes for 20 minutes every day and, and actually try, don't try not to think, actually think about some of the things in your life and why you think the way you do and think about your childhood and go back and have some memories about things that you might have like, feel crappy about and why mm -hmm. and try and figure it out. I think there's a lot of things in our childhood that if we could unlock, we would be a lot happier in, for the rest of our lives, you know? Yeah, totally. All right. Last question. Do you have any like general advice for young people trying to navigate life? Breathe, first of all. Just... I know for a fact that the only thing that gets happiness breeds happiness is being happy. Happiness breeds more happiness. Joy breeds more joy. And so whatever you can do in your life to find a pocket of joy, uh, do that. And just really try to live your life for you in whatever way that you can. I would also say if you have any kind of addiction, it is a waste of time. Stop. Just stop. Stop it. Stop it. Drinking is not fun. It is a depressant. And you have no idea how much you're ruining your brain with that nonsense. And you just don't need it. You can be just as fun without. I mean, there's so many things that I could say. There's really no piece of it, one piece of advice. But I, again, I go back to like, you know, Try and live your life for yourself. Try to be confident about who you are and who you're becoming. Try to be kind to yourself. There's enough people out there already saying that you're doing it wrong. There is no right or wrong. It's your life. You came back here for a reason into this particular life with these parents and these friends. Figure out why. I love that. I really <laughs> love that. Well, again, thank you so much. This has been so great. I feel like, like I said, I see a lot of similarities between myself and you, but I think a reason why I was initially drawn to you is I've drawn a lot of similarities between you and a woman I had in my life. She kind of helped raise me from when I was a newborn until I was like five, and she was just the coolest person ever. She's sadly passed away since, but she would take me to tattoo shops with her when I was like four years old and I'd watch her get inked up and she had a house filled with animals and she had dogs and birds and guinea pigs and lizards and she was such an important person in my life and I think now I'm gonna cry. Was she single? Uh, she was not. She was married and did have a child, but she was so eclectic and independent and herself and I always was like I want to I want to be Becky when I grow up because she was just so cool to me and the exact type of person that I aspire to be and like I mentioned she passed away about a decade ago and so 
coming across your TikTok has just reminded me of of all those old feelings that I had and that, you know, life is cool and you can be cool and be yourself until the day that you die. Yeah, and who decided what cool was? Everything's cool. Yeah. You know, all I well, I'll, I'll tell you this, Abby. If I was as together as you are at 26, <laughs> I'd be even better now at 62. <laughs> now that you have my phone number, you can call me anytime you want or email me Amazing. anytime you want. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, can you please let the wonderful listeners know where they can follow you? Your handle on TikTok, Instagram, whatever else you want to plug. So my handle on uh, Instagram is the same as TikTok. They're both at Welcome to Heidi. Um, I I wrote a book 10 years ago um, that I took some words out of and put back on Amazon. And that's also called Welcome to Heidi. If anybody wants to read uh, stories about dumb shit I've done, it's on there. Amazing. Well, again, thank you so, so much. And thank you guys all for listening. As always, it means the world to me whenever people tune into this podcast. And to have you on as a guest just means so much to me. So thank you, Heidi. And thank you to everyone listening. And until next time, see ya.